I love you. Ladies and gentlemen, we here at FictionWorks19 love long journeys. Very long journeys that take us, you know, very far and to long distant places. Like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which has gone so long that we're exploring the side characters of movies from about <laughs> close to a decade ago now. <laughs> we're giving yeah, them their geez. own show. Uh, with uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or is uh, Black Falcon and the Winter Soldier? It's just Falcon. It's just Captain Captain America and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> the the Falcon Captain and the Captain Winter guy, Captain Red Captain and Falcon Soldier. That's right. We're talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know, it's it's so ridiculous that like, okay, so Endgame ends. Uh, I'm the Green Traveler, by the way. Uh, and I'm Faceless Leon. This is a podcast <laughs> about movies and TV. It's about TV today. It is, indeed. And uh, my neighbor just left, so there's a yapping dog in the background. And my dog is like liable to go off any second. So apologies for background noise and welcome to amateur <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> We're professional. But, but yeah, it's, it's Endgame ends with uh spoilers for endgame if you haven't wandered into the marvel cinematic universe for whatever reason but it ends with steve rogers passing off the shield to sam wilson it is yeah. sam wilson right that is his last yeah, name yeah i think that's right okay yeah, something and for whatever reason i said it and i was just like that doesn't sound right sam wilson the falcon not the falcon yeah not the, the falcon. falcon up the falcon play played lovingly by anthony mackie like i really love anthony mackie yeah. he is just a fun treasure like <laughs> he's great and you know he's he, a great job. i i don't i haven't really, like really experienced the falcon much in my comic book reading of marvel you know i've stuck mostly to uh spider-man and just recently black panther and he was he was in a few uh issues of the black panther but i don't know not not enough that i got like a good read of his comic book character to know if anthony mackie plays like a great on-screen version of the falcon I mean, right. it seems like everybody fucking loves him like I do, so I, I think he's doing a good job <laughs> in regards to the nerds out there who love the Falcon. But but uh, but he he is handed the shield at the end of Endgame. And right. so the question is, is he going to become the next Captain America? Yeah, and Marvel decides that we're going to explore that. You know, we're going to explore that in the TV realm because they're doing a lot yes. of limited series this year. I think I like that idea. Uh, what wh- I like yeah. what they're they're doing. I think it's a lot a lot easier to digest a comic book story over a longer period of time. And yeah, but before we talk about this show, I want to talk about some uh, some other shows. Mm. So take me out to the living room. Take me out to my chair. Turn on the TV and binge the tube. I don't even care if I eat food, for it's the pace, the faceless pitch. <laughs> the faceless pitch. Here we are, a new segment brought to you <laughs> by me about TV. The faceless pitch will hopefully come to you every time we have a TV talks because, well, I watch a lot of TV and I want to talk about it. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, and I do not watch a lot of TV. <laughs> and uh i'm sorry it's it's hard for me it's really (laughs) it's really hard for me 
And well, like, I was you... talking to somebody recently. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to somebody. Ooh, you're drinking one of our mugs. And I, I see am. that. I see that product pitch. You guys, y'all can't see it out there, but uh, yeah, the it's invisible. Leone. Yeah, the the uh, the faceless Leon is drinking out of one of our mugs, which you can. Uh, I might as well pitch us. You can get one of, yeah. of our mugs if you subscribe to our Patreon for a couple months. Yeah, as for our our higher tier. Yeah, and and then other lower tiers can get other merchandise too. There's there's That's right. there's other quips and things, and you can vote on threesomes. It's really nice. But yeah, I was talking to somebody recently about you know why it's harder for me to watch television. She's like, it doesn't make sense because you know television's much shorter and then movies are like two hours you know you right. watch one episode usually under an hour or even in half an hour for some television shows and it's like but that's not the commitment the commitment is the <laughs> entire season which then becomes the entire right. series which is about six right. years sometimes or for a lot of shows nowadays that just have no idea how to fucking end because they're just become money <laughs> machines and who cares about a good goddamn story that actually fucking ends right. after a while it can True. become 11 to 15 seasons. <laughs> it is a commitment and you you work for a living and you're doing this. Um I and I'm, and I'm already um, committed to one show. Like Doctor Who is my one show that I am committed to. <laughs> I will like I, I will no matter how shitty it is, I will always be on its side, always watching it. Well, that is true fandom. And the way that it is designed though, it is designed not to end. So that that one makes sense that it doesn't end. But until they cancel it because it stops making money. That's true. Yeah, they have canceled it before. <laughs> I'm glad they brought it back because it brought me into it. Right. I'm glad they brought it back too. Obviously you're right, it brought me into it too. I don't know if I would ever have gotten into the classic series if I hadn't watched the new Who. Right. And right. I'm worried they're going to cancel it again because there's a lot of talks about it. But well, who knows? Who knows? We'll wait 10, 15, 20 years and they'll bring it back again. And we'll be like, but... remember when we were? I guess we'd only be like 40 something. I was but... an original <laughs> remake fan. <laughs> yeah, original remake fan. <laughs> I, I was in it before all these sequel remake fans came in. The oh, remake fuck. remakes the remaker remakers the remakers well yeah we were, you had other shows yeah though. yes i am t the faceless pitch so this is how we're going to do this um i'll throw out three pitches and briefly talk about the shows uh with some baseball terms because um why not because i love baseball because <laughs> you love baseball yeah i'm bringing you a, I'm, I'm making it more <laughs> more inviting for you that's why so uh first yeah. to bat we have batwoman not uh, named because uh, of her baseball prowess, but who knows? She could be good at it. Um, this is a new addition to the DC CW or CW DC verse, whatever. We used to have a great time watching these shows, uh, especially when we used to live with each other. But yeah. we both kind of fell off. At least I, I don't know. I think you fell off too. Um, I think we yeah, I really did. Before. Right before they did uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which like I was intrigued enough to come back for that crossover right but after watching that crossover i wasn't intrigued enough to continue watching any of the shows sure, so i sure. was just like that was fun i'm happy i came back for these four episodes goodbye right. again <laughs> i have watched since falling off i have watched the first season of black lightning and 
now Batwoman. Uh, yeah, and I did watch. I did watch the first season of Black Lightning, I which was, was pretty good. Cool. But they they're say. all the same. But that's that's my problem exactly. with them is they're all the exact same, and every single season is the exact same. So it's like with the Flash, it's like right. every single season was here's the next speedster, and is Barry fast enough? Is well, he, he will be yeah. by episode twenty two, <laughs> and it's just like ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> Uh, so here's my review for for Batwoman. Uh, the opening is sloppy. Yeah, I I really almost didn't even watch the second episode, but and it, it takes a moment for the actors to warm up. But after that happens, their chemistry is built, and I do enjoy the relationships in this show more than I have in some some other of the CW show. And I think the CW is pretty good at establishing those relationships. But it almost always, every pilot episode really doesn't feel that put together, I feel like. So it's it's yeah. pretty on brand for the CW for, for the start. Yeah, it's a CW superhero show. So it's what you expect from it. There is some honest-to-goodness good acting in, in this show. But the lead, Ruby Rose, is pretty flat. She is the one in uh, in John Wick. We had talked about this briefly, okay. and we weren't sure if if, uh, if they'd recast her or not, because I, I thought I'd remember controversy around her. Yeah, actually, I was just about to mention that. They have decided to replace Kate Kane, who is Batwoman, played by Ruby Rose, with mm. a character named Ryan Wilder, who will be played by mm. Javicia Leslie, and I, I hope I, I said your name right. Apparently, Rose's exit was a mutual decision but i think the the decision to completely change the character instead of just the actor is really strange uh and i'm not sure that it will accomplish anything for the show like i guess the the ratings were like and there's like there was a lot of things that were doing much better than this show so they decided to make a big big change but yeah i'm not sure how it will work mostly because so i I can only tell you about the first season right because that's all that's existed so far rachel scarstein plays alice who is the villain and uh she does a great melodramatic villain and probably the best part of the season what's her villainous comic book name does she have a alice uh, it's alice um she she's she's uh it's a big alice in wonderland theme so it's the mad hatter kind of shit well they have not brought in the mad hatter so i don't know if there's a connection between that classic comic book character and her um i was waiting for that to happen but they, they do have other characters named mouse who is her like best friend slash partner in crime and the caterpillar who is kind of there she she hates the caterpillar and yeah. um alice is just kind of the the think tank of the villain crew oh gotcha and they yeah. run a gang called the alice and what the yeah i think the wonderland gang is what it's called and they nice. all wear bunny masks and stuff i think it really works for the show but her story is extremely entwined with Kate Kane's story. So I don't know how they're going to pull it off because they they at the end of the season, and I, I think they're going to bring Alice back. I mean, she was the best part of the show, so I hope they do. At the end of the season, in the finale, it's built up for her to be a major part of the show still. 
but like right. I said, that story is so intertwined with Kate Kane's backstory that I don't know how they're gonna fucking do it. I I think because I I didn't know if I was gonna give the second season a chance though after watching it. Like mm. I wanted to see what it looked like, but now that they have this cast ch- uh, change, I am kind of curious. But this is what I have to say about the first season. Um, they had that crossover episode like they do with all the CW shows, right? And after that, the show it really affected the following episodes a lot more than I would have liked it to in a very strange way. Like they do stuff with the multiverse and stuff, you know. And I, I just didn't feel like it fit what was happening in the show so far. But the final two episodes were great all in all this show seemed to be heading towards a foul ball but ended up sealing second base uh but i doubt Ah. it will have more than a second season unless pitch hitter pinch hitter javicia leslie can manage a grand slam that's what i have to say about it (laughs) grand slam so like she loaded the bases somehow huh yeah somehow i would say I would say for me, if it, uh, you lobbing this at me as as the pitch, as right. the faceless pitch, uh, I would say I would I would have checked my swing at it. Uh, you know, it would have looked interesting. I would have almost went for the pitch. You know, I would have almost swung at it, but then I would be like, no, 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 that's probably a ball, and I would have Pull held back. up. I would have checked checked right. my swing on this one. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So our second pitch, <clears throat> the Great British Bake Off, which for some reason is called the great british baking show on netflix i'm not sure why <laughs> uh but it is called the great <laughs> british bake-off next to the plate my wife and i love this reality tv competition so typically these shows are hit or miss for us because you know you got people doing cool things but and and, and they're trying to see who does it the best but the producers always seem to try to make a villain in these shows uh, and have like surly ass judges that are mean to the people who are you know working hard and are right, doing right. things that i could never do the simon cowell effect the, exactly exactly that's what made it popular but we haven't watched the show after it changed broadcasters it was on bbc and now uh it's changed over to channel four and i think since it's changed over to channel four it's been directly dropping its seasons after the season's over to netflix and when that happened the hosts sue perkins and mel i'm gonna say your last name wrong and i love you so much you're you were you and sue are the fucking best uh but mel gidrock I'm going to say, and that's probably wrong. They never said her last name, I swear to God. Also, uh, (laughs) one of the judges, Mary Berry, who's a very famous baker, they don't carry over for the rest of the series. Paul Hollywood does come in. He's in the whole show. So he is the one remaining strain from the old show, and we're kind of worried about how that will change. But I'll talk about what the show was like before that. So the hosts and the judges were always very encouraging to the bakers and that's why i love this show and that paul hollywood is also encouraging but he has this kind of intimidation factor over the bakers for some reason like they always are talking about how intimidating they feel about him but really like when he gives his critique it's always you know matter of fact it's never to hurt their feelings and he is encouraging and he he does give them tips after the judging's all done he's like if you would have done it this way i think it would have come out better 
that kind of stuff. So we're hoping that uh, also that so they replaced Mary Berry with uh, Prue Leith, and I hope that her and the trade off for Noelle Fielding and Sandy Toxvig goes well. Sandy does get traded again for Matt Lucas later on. Ooh, I like him. Yeah, exactly. I've enjoyed performances in the past from Matt Lucas. So he's in Doctor Who. Yeah, he is in Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll see if you know if it keeps on being great. But the first half of this show, I will say, is an RBI hit in by the personalities of the hosts and the judges. So hopefully that carries through and is not and this change is not a franchise mistake. So what do you say? Uh, I would say easily recognized right from the get go, like straight out of the pitcher's hand, ball in the dirt. I'm not going to go for it. I'm not interested. You're not going to go for it. It, it. It's just not your kind of show. Reality show, reality TV in general is like the biggest turnoff for me. Like once it's on, I'm done. I'm into a book. Right. I, like it does not. Th- there's just so much because it, a lot of reality shows, like you said, there's always the one judge who's like sole purpose to be there. There is to ridicule the people. Right. And I am a true believer that anybody's art, no matter how bad is worth encouraging and yeah. so it's like obviously you you always have the judge who is there for constructive criticism like you said all reality show is very very textbook and how they how it's all constructed right and it how it's all captured on camera is also very false to me that's that's why it's like it it really bothers me is because it's not actual reality television it's it's all even if right. it's not scripted it's all thought of in such a way to make the, it the most interesting and it's just i can't turn my mind off for it yeah I would say that this first half of this series is definitely an exception to that rule because I, so I used to like the, the, I don't like, I've never liked reality TV shows that Mm. are just like, Hey, here's some people that are doing something interesting with their life. Let's go put cameras on them and do scripted things with them that would never happen. But the competitions I used to be into, like, face off where they do movie makeup and shit like yeah, that like yeah. you know you get to see some cool shit but like i said the producers always cool. fuck it up with trying to put a story in there that didn't need to happen this show does not have that in the first half of this series like i said i can't speak for the second half we literally just watched the first episode when the change happened today so i i can't i can't say i don't know i would give at least that first series a try to, to give yeah. it a taste because it is tasty it always makes me hungry and uh, <laughs> well i was like yeah they love each other in the tent it's nice yeah yeah i was ruined on it as a child because it's like i always w- one of the things i always enjoyed was watching shows like american idol or like dancing with the stars and those kind of things with my mom i didn't like the show i liked watching it with my mom i liked that experience right, yeah. you know that was a, it was a good bonding moment but i hated the shows because it's just like it's for for some of these people, even though it's clear that they're they're paid actors who are made to you know just like get up there and look really bad so we can get like this really terrible performance on camera because it's like it's obviously not real. It's just made it right. to look real, and you're supposed to feel bad for this person who is like her their hopes and dreams are being dashed by Simon Cowell, who is like shitting all right, over them. Yeah, and it's like yeah. 
and it's just like i can't stand that kind of art because it's just like haha let's laugh at this person who's like dreams are being crushed and it's just like no right fuck yeah this. I, like, I hate that too it, i hate that yeah, too. it just it ruined and, me it ruined me for all reality show like it's right well, as you mentioned face off was something that i could actually watch i remember watching that with you a lot yeah but i only watched it because i enjoyed watching them build something you yeah, know i liked exactly. watching the process of it so right. it's like I would be more interested in the documentary rather than a a, a competition. Sure. Yeah, know? that 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 works too. I think uh, what I what I've been able to glean from just watching this show, I think that baking competitions in general are just very popular in in the UK. Yeah. So it, it's a show that really worked for them, and I think I really do recommend this show. I especially yeah. the first half. Me and me and Sarah love it. But yeah, I don't know if it's gonna turn. Uh, like, it, like even Face Off, like the first season was pretty, pretty good. Uh, didn't have too much of that overly produced feel to it. But as it went on, it it definitely did. Yeah. So who knows what's gonna happen? But it has five really good seasons, at the very least. <laughs> so, Shit. the last pitch of the inning, we have Resident Alien. Uh, this is another comic book ad- adaptation starring Alan Tudyk, whom we've talked about frequently, <laughs> and that's why I yes. wanted to watch it. I do love so, Adam Tudyk. He is great. So I can recognize that this show may not be everyone's favorite player. It is a fish-out-of-water story where Alan Tudyk's extraterrestrial character is trying to blend in after he crash lands in uh, Colorado. He somehow becomes the town doctor. Uh, I won't get into how that happens, but it's billed as a drama, at least on Peacock, which is what we're watching it from. I've seen it uh, billed as comedy drama somewhere else, but it, it for me, it's definitely a comedy. I think it's hilarious. It's exactly my my kind of humor, but there is some highly dramatic elements to it. So I think everyone's performance is on point for the kind of dry humor that they're going for, especially. Uh, but this ridiculous story does take a moment to warm up. It, it, and it kind of mirror, mirrors how Tudyk's character is warming up to the townsfolk like uh, Asta Twelve Trees and Darcy Bloom, who are played by Sarah Tomko and Alice Wetterland. Uh, there's some other characters that I really love. like the I like the, the sheriff character who... Um, he's like the only black guy in town and he insists that everyone call him big black and they're like no dude that's problematic we're not gonna do that um so that's pretty funny but his sheriff is uh, sheriff uh live is probably not sheriff excuse me his deputy live is probably my favorite character because she's way more competent than he is but he's a, he shits on her like all the time but then she finally stands up for herself and it's a great moment i think this show has a well-rounded team and is managed well but i'm not sure it will bring many fans to the stands the last episode i watched reboosted my interest i almost lost interest but the guest stars in this last episode really really brought me back in so terry o'quinn uh from lost fame Yeah. yeah so we've talked about him he's in it and i think he's gonna become a more recurring character because he is an alien tracker so they they go to an alien con because he's hoping to find some alien technology to help (laughs) him yeah so terry o'quinn is there giving a speech and stuff and 
he gets afraid of him because he says he's an alien tracker and aliens are afraid of him. <laughs> it also has Giorgio A. Sokalos, known, and I know I said your name wrong, I apologize, but he is from Ancient Aliens. His performance in it is 100% hilarious to me. Uh, and also just having Terry O'Quinn in there is hilarious to me, uh, just because I'm a huge yeah. fan of both of those shows that I mentioned. But I'd say this show scores a few runs for me. I hope it does so in the second inning as well. That's what I have to say about it. Yeah, I, I, I took a stab at this show. You you wanted to turn this into a full uh, a full right. TV talks, and I was I was interested because I love Terry or uh, I love Alan Tudyk. And, you know, the idea sounds interesting, but, you know, I watched the first episode and it just did not grab me. And I like dry humor. I am like all aboard dry humor. And there's nothing wrong with the performance. There's nothing wrong with the delivery of the humor, but none of it was like hitting at all. Like, I don't know if I just wasn't in the right spot for it or what, but like I watched the whole first episode and I think I laughed twice and, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't super intrigued by what they were doing with the with the the premise of it because they there's a lot of shows and stories that have done this premise before and it didn't seem like this one sure. was trying anything relatively new with it and so I was just like you know I don't know I I, I gave it a second try I, I watched the second episode I don't remember anything about it and then for whatever reason Peacock wouldn't let me watch anymore without paying them so I was like well. <laughs> I can't watch anymore, Blake. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not paying. I'm not paying Peacock, people. I'm sorry. I've got my, I got my streaming services, and I'm done. <laughs> so I do think that maybe one problem that might have done that for you is that it does not say anything, at least on Peacock, about it being a comedy. I don't. I don't. I did not start watching this show expecting to have laughs. Um, so mm. I, I appreciate, I, I, so I, I feel like someone going into this show, not knowing that it's supposed to be funny might struggle with it. Another reason, like you said, you thought that the premise was, you know, that it's not an original premise and it doesn't seem like they're doing anything new with it. And I can agree with that. I do think though, that might be because it is an adaptation. I didn't know ahead of time that it was an adaptation either, but anyhow, for me, it's a good show. So if you like Alan Tudyk and you like fish out of water stories and dry humor, I recommend it. That has been The Faces Pick. <laughs> nice. That was, that was an attempt at a radio baseball hit sound. <laughs> I, it sounded good on my end, so we'll see. We're bringing back the radio, man. We're doing it. <laughs> Which uh, might as well segue into, uh, you know, we always have a nice little D&D radio show that comes out, The Adventures of Falagorn. You can also check that out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have, it's, a, it's a lovely little show. We're about halfway into the first first season. I don't know if we're going to call them seasons, but first adventure. We'll do seasons. Uh, yeah, I would say, well, broadcast-wise, we're not quite that far in, but production-wise, yeah, we, we're, we're about halfway and yeah. uh, there might be a break uh, a mid a mid-season break to help us get caught up on production end but we'll see but yeah we're having a lot i love making that show i love making this show yeah. so yeah we got we have we're very good fun. lives i think at least with what we're doing and with our free time 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would love to make it just uh, my work time, but yeah, we would, we would love that. Um, and you know, if you want to support the show, you know, write us a review or rate us on Apple iTunes. That'll get more people involved in the show. And yeah. uh, you know, if you really love us, you couch potatoes out there, like the faceless, like the Green Traveler said, I'm the faceless Leon. Uh, you can go to our <laughs> patreon.com slash green and faceless and uh, check out our tears there so hell yeah the, the falcon Captain, and winter soldier the falcon the winter soldier yeah here we are we met one show. of them yeah it, they made a show <laughs> we met the winter soldier uh sebastian played by sebastian stan who i love he is a very beautiful man and a very uh beautiful at heart man too yeah i got yeah. a little bit of a man crush on him and oh yeah, he is a very attractive man. He, he is a very attractive man. Uh, we met him first in Captain America way back in the day. I don't remember sure which that. Marvel movie that was, three or four. I can't remember. I don't know. Um, I don't know. The first yeah, Avenger, so, that's which one it was. Right? Way back in phase one. Like, it's so ridiculously long ago. And we met the Falcon, I believe, in Captain America 2. I'm not sure if that's correct, but I believe it was. That might we, be you know, right. You know, he's I don't running think around he was in and, Avengers. No, nah, well, he, he was running around. And he keeps coming up on his left, and you know, he's just like on your left, on your left. You know, that was, I think that was the first time <laughs> I met Sam. Uh, and here we are. Here we are. Sam is struggling with the the choice of do I want to be the next Captain America? You know, black right. man in America, especially in today's contentious times, it's it's a difficult decision. There's a lot to weigh on that. Uh, that that mantle right there you know do you want to fight for a country that doesn't fight for you and sam is a beautiful character to make this decision in this in this cinematic universe because he is a social worker he is trained in dealing with stress and helping uh vets with ptsd you know we've seen him become a good leader through compassion right and that's what you know that's very much a steve rogers trait exactly and and there's a lot of anger in him too there's a lot of sure indecisiveness you know not sure of whether or not he is of hero quality like like an avenger hero quality and i would say that was my only stipulation going into this too was i really like the idea of sam as the next captain america but I didn't see him as an Avenger. I didn't see him as being able to fill the shoes of what the Avengers need, given yeah. what the the big bads were that were coming into the cinematic universe that we know from spoilers and leaks. <laughs> right, and I think I think that this show does do a good job of building that, uh, building his character to be yeah. ready for that i i i really agree i do too i hope that's not giving away too much but i, think it, I don't think it's giving too, away too much because that's you know that's kind of the purpose of a, a mini series is sure. you know i don't think they could have developed both of these characters well enough in captain america 4 which is what you would assume right. their next movie would be so you give them this little tv show to build them up to be ready for the next big movie of the franchise right right another just another to pile on another factor as why sam might not think he he's worthy of it is that he's not a super soldier 
he no he relies on his technology and uh tactical experience to to be a a a good superhero but bucky is a super soldier and you know when when we were um and he has a cool arm and and he's got a cool arm (laughs) yeah um (laughs) So when we were all waiting to figure out what happened at the end of Endgame, because there was talk uh, in in the ethers of Steve of uh, God damn it, Chris, it's not Chris Pine. <laughs> I, for, I forgot his name, Chris Evans. I'm sorry, Chris. Chris Evans. Um, yes, I struggle uh, too. There's so many Chris's in the cinematic universe. Yeah, there's so many Chris's. He decided to step down, uh, and and that was public information so everybody was speculating who would carry on the falcon or the winter soldier because i think in the comics they both have a little bit of uh experience as captain america but this show if you want to boil it down to its essence it's a buddy cop show that's that's what it is well uh even more specific it's a buddy cop spy show that's true. Which brings yeah. me to my biggest issue with this film is I have this, I, I've mentioned it on the show before, my kryptonite in regards to entertainment is the spy genre. Right. When I turn, right. you know, I turn anything on that is relatively spy related, for whatever reason, my brain just shuts off and I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. I just, I'm not intrigued. I'm not grinding with anything. And that was this. We're whole gonna bring the Bond like, playlist back. We're gonna bring it back. It's coming. It's coming. It, it is coming back. It's coming soon. But I don't know. It's this show. You know, I watched the first few episodes and I was looking online and everybody's like flipping out and everybody's loving it. And it's like this is so good. And I'm like, it's all right. I like the message. I like the acting. I like what's going on. I think it's a really entertaining and cool show. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not impressed by it. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's I would good. say I definitely agreed for like the first three or or four episodes. Uh, I was not super in- intrigued or impressed, but I, you know, kept on going with it. But that second half of the show, where they really get into the social situations that they're trying to um, make the audience aware of, uh, mm-hmm. it really picked up for me like for one thing so in in, um the infinity war is that what it's called uh uh, whatever there was another there was an infinity war yeah so that this is another spoiler for that movie and for endgame so there was a snap and a bunch of people disappeared and then there was an undoing of that and all the people came back but it was five years later so yeah. this this show really dil, d- digs into what's happening with the world because the population just doubled in size overnight. Yeah. They were just getting to a point where they had learned to live with right. the blip, with, with half right. of the world being wiped out. They were learning how to recover from that, not only emotionally and physically, but literally as a country you know like economically they were figuring out the financial ramifications of it they were figuring out the the laws that had to come about because of it right and and so that you know that is that is the the crux of this film of this limited series is the villains the flag smashers who want to return things i guess back to before the blip happened i think 
I, I was really confused about their motivations. The blip. I think they they liked how things were during the blip because there was there was um, more space. Borders of countries were ch- shifting. And it seemed to be more fair because there were less people to worry about. And now I think the reasoning why, why this movement was happening is because of the refugee uh, situation. They, they really, the, the governments of the world want to relocate the refugees back to their home countries. And gotcha. uh, it's going to be a big problem because those home countries of the, theirs do not have the space for them. So the Flag Smashers, their motto is one world, one people. Right. They're really able to get legs for this a revolutionary movement because there's a lot of people who are suffering because of this. So when the people came back, when the population came back, the governments are like, okay, we have to worry about these people. And it seemed like they put everyone else, the other half of the world that had been there for five years struggling, on the sidelines. So they're led by Carly Morgenthau, played by Aaron Kellyman. Who I love. She was yeah, amazing. Yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, she really did. And uh, she's... It's any movie that has a villain that is a sympathetic person right is gonna outweigh any melodrama that that you can watch so i i think yeah she was a fantastic choice for what they're trying to say with this show they're trying to say a lot with this show and i feel like it took them a while to get to the point but once that point is made i really appreciated it but i think that's like that was part of my problem was that it takes a while to get there and when the point's made it's kind of muddled and murky like again I know what the Flag Smashers wanted. Like, I get it at a base level. I understood it. But at the same time, it never really felt like there was a lot of drive behind it, like, of explaining it. Like, you feel bad for them, but then at the same time, they did just let that van of hostages on fire. So it's just like, you know, they're trying to make you feel for these people, but at the same time, they continuously remind you that they're the bad guys. It's like, and I don't know, you you, got to there's other ways to make you sympathize and not make them assholes but make them still villainous in a way to make you still not agree with their their opinion of the matter right right which but um, like I, yeah so yeah they do some horrifying things that gets them labeled as terrorists like blowing up buildings and shit but well that brings in another factor of this show which is the super soldier serum. Somehow the flag smashers get a hold of that. And so they're all super soldiers and right, which makes them much harder to deal with. I think, yeah, I think we got to talk about John Walker. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. So Wyatt Russell plays John Walker and, and you go ahead. It plays him well, but yeah. the Falcon at the beginning of the show turns the shield down. He hands yeah. it over to the government, to the senators, to these people who are making the decisions that are pissing the Flag Smashers off. This is pretty much episode one. Yeah, yeah. And they believe that we do need a new Captain America. So they secretly, without confronting the Falcon or Winter Soldier, because why would you really? But still, they, they you would expect them to confront at least the Falcon on the matter. But they don't. Right. They elect a no. soldier, a well do- uh, well-decorated hero who is very capable of being a good hero, 
they liked him to be the next Captain America. And this is another area where the show, again, I felt was confused in how it wanted me to feel about this character. Because you open up in episode two with a very sympathetic introduction to this character. You feel for this character. You feel for the weight that's on his shoulders. He wants to do good, clearly. He, Mm -hmm. He wants to be a good person. But at the same time, you get the idea that he is suffering from PTSD a bit, that he's suffering from right. the events that he's gone through and from the wars that he has seen. He is also uncompromising in his ideals and loyalty to the government. So yeah. Captain America, when he started out in World War II, obviously he was an American soldier. But after he comes back from being frozen... I I don't know if that's spoilers or not. That's that's oh, like ancient. <laughs> that's like ancient yeah. Marvel shit right there. So he he comes back. He's kind of in this gray area of being part of the U.S. government and just being a symbol of freedom. But John Walker, one hundred percent, is an agent of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would say he is a U.S. U.S. agent, yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, we had some technical difficulties there, so I'm not quite sure where it cut out. Hopefully uh, hopefully it's a nice, seamless transition. Uh, But I I believe we only had two more characters, really, that we needed to talk about. And uh, first off, there there was Sharon Carter. I believe you had... Uh, yeah. some stuff to say about Sharon. I did have some stuff to say about Sharon Carter. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, so I mean, I did too, of course. <laughs> they they sent they they bring her in uh, pretty early on in the show, and she's throughout the show, but she does disappear for a little while. I think that's something you said, but yeah, I think they like for me, this show started out having the same problem as. The problem i had with this character in the movie that she was in so in the movie they did Whatever hardly anything I yeah i don't remember <laughs> i it's the it's whichever one which whatever one of the avengers movies that was very hydra heavy but i don't recall if it was a captain america movie or an avengers movie whatever anyhow well, if it was civil war yeah yeah it, it might have been civil war. war but either way they didn't do anything with her character so I didn't really remember her when they brought her back, besides the fact that she's right. like the granddaughter of Agent Carter, who's um, Cap's ex-girlfriend. I, I shouldn't say ex-girlfriend. Right. They, they, you know, they never dead really girlfriend. broke up. Dead is probably better. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyhow, they do actually do something with her in this this story, and um, it took yeah. a really long time for them to do that. But you you said that you saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I, it's it's just very. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's just how I was watching this show or what. But like, I don't. I didn't remember her character when she appeared. I was like, oh right, that's that's uh, yeah. snapping my fingers. Uh, what's her face from? Yeah, I remember. Her, I guess. Yeah. 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 Me. And <laughs> and then she just it. disappears. She just disappears. And there's this MacGuffin that's running throughout the show like uh i'll just say what is a or what is x i'll say what is x and it's yeah, just no you know there's that MacGuffin going around that's what is x 
and then she appears and then she's gone and i'm like oh well Chekhov's gone you know she appeared everybody's wondering what is x she must be x and lo and behold you get to the end and yeah she was x and i'm just like i don't know it was just it was such a connection for me that was like very obvious that i didn't know why they were even bothering so x is introduced into the show (laughs) and there is a red herring for x and that kind of abruptly ends and i thought that they that they just had dealt with that i did not think that that was going to go any farther until it ended up that she was x so i yeah i was surprised by it i don't think it was super impactful by any means but i am intrigued with what they're gonna do with it in the in the future of the mcu though yeah and and i just i don't know i just didn't like yeah i didn't i didn't like the twist it was just it was very weird for me a twist i did like and uh i'm not gonna put up a spoiler wall but if you don't want any spoilers for this show skip forward you know we might have another technical breakdown so just skip forward to the next time you have a a weird glitch happen but for whatever reason bucky and sam decide they have to bring in a certain individual to help them solve the big issue going on in one of the episodes and that individual is baron zemo from civil war the one villain that you know was different from the mold of marvel villains I, i liked loki and then everybody else was basically like loki just this like opposing figurehead that's just mad and crazy and then along comes baron zemo who's really he has a he has a motivation when you find out that motivation you kind of sympathize with him you know Mm -hmm. the the adventures are too powerful and they have too much too much sway over important events and they need to be brought down and when he makes his argument you kind of understand where he's where he's coming from and yeah, and and you and you're left thinking, yeah, maybe the Avengers do need to be broken up a bit. Maybe they do right. need somebody to step in and oversee them and the and and their actions. And I like that. I like that villain idea. He was a really cool villain. So bringing him back and focusing on him more, like going into his character, it was a lot of fun. He, he I really love Daniel Bruhl. He's the director or the the actor. Yeah, and he's and... just he's so fun in the role he really is and he has really great chemistry with uh bucky barnes and sam uh as well and like it's it definitely is like it is a strange relationship between him bucky but bucky is honestly more willing to cooperate with him than sam is so it it makes a pretty interesting story but yeah i don't want to give away what the story is too much yeah, and he's willing because his, I guess, self, I don't know, his understanding of who he is as a person now is more solidified. Right. Um, but it's called into question by Sam's actions because, you know, he he questions himself through ch- Sam's choices because Sam was Steve Rogers' choice of replacement. Right, If right. you followed me down that trail. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I don't know, there's a lot, there's a lot of good, good, uh character bonding moments in the, in this show but sure. i guess just to lead into my my closing statement if you're ready for it yeah let's fucking do it uh, even with all the character bonding even with the great action scenes which there there is a lot of good action scenes it, it kind of reminded me of mission impossible at times not not as of high quality but 
and the impact of the action that's going on you, you know you kind of feel everything you know i really i really did like it but you know i kind of tuned out for most of the show for most sure. of it the, the message was important the message kept bringing me back there were so many good messages uh we didn't talk about isaiah washington or isaiah bradley but he is he's another character that's touched upon that i really liked his storyline i, I like what I they did too. with that and how they tied it in how they tied that into the falcon is really emotional and i really enjoyed it and the character work is great but you know the villains were kind of just I, i'm gonna forget the villains i feel like and i hate that i'm gonna forget them but the flag yeah. smashers were just kind of this weird faceless organization that i really only liked carly morgenthal and that was yeah. it <laughs> yeah i did really like carly though i do think i will remember her and who knows i mean uh the way this ended she could reappear yeah. so who knows i liked uh i'm already forgetting his name john walker i like john walker right you know I, li- I liked a lot of the additions to the cinematic universe and i liked what they're what they're setting up and where we're going right, with right. it but i don't see myself returning to it again you know it's it's yeah. I, I think a lot of people will be in really happy with this show i personally just wasn't you know i was kind of just like this is good but i'm just gonna brush it off and not really remember it in a couple years sadly Uh, so i give it two and a half stars that's fair that's very fair um i i'll straight up just say it's a full face show um what we know that that's honestly it i think the face is a is a symbol of competence is is (laughs) (laughs) so if you get a full face it just means you did you did your job right and this this right. show does the job right and there's a lot of elements like you said that i really liked like uh just all of the inclusions like you mentioned and um yeah i kind of wish that we talked about uh bradley's character a little bit more but he uh it, it's a, i feel like it's a spoiler so I, it's kind of hard uh but yeah. his storyline does inform sam's decisions uh in in the latter part of the show and you know it's a a lot of this story has to do with being black in america at least the falcons part of the story and you know they also have the the parallel to the world world of the of refugees uh and relocation and stuff like that uh and i think what it was trying to say was really good it just took a long time to kind of get there and it's it's very slow paced spy show at the beginning and then it's a superhero show at the end Uh, that's it's kind of kind of like what they did in wandavision where wandavision was this homage to tv until the end it was a superhero show right but i feel the opposite kind of way of how i felt about wandavision where i liked that first part better in wandavision Mm mm-hmm and I like this second part better in uh, The Falcon Winter Soldier. So if you can sit through a couple of episodes, I think it's worth watching. There's some, it's saying some good stuff. That's, that's yeah, my, that second, my statement. Yeah, the second half of that show is really, is really great. It's, it is. It's very, especially that last episode. I really just love that last episode. Me too. Because good for now. I get, yeah, I get Sam as an Avenger. I get him as the Captain America. I struggled to see him stepping in as an avenger sure in steve's shoes I, I have no problem seeing him step in as captain america's shoes because he makes a great captain america he does but as an avenger 
as an Avenger facing these world-level catastrophes, I struggled to see Sam doing that. And in that last episode, they made me see that I'm just looking at it wrong because I'm looking at him coming in as the super soldier Captain America replacement, right? but he's not. He's the tech Iron Man replacement, the aerial general uh, replacement. So it's like I was just looking at what capacity he's or what shoes he's going to fill in those fights. He fills the Captain America shoes as the symbol. And I think it's a new taste on the symbol. He says in the show, like, there's a lot of talk about what a black Captain America would mean. And I I really enjoyed it. And what he has to say about that in the finale was really good. So, oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, Yeah, he has a he has a great speech at at the end that was really well delivered. I really enjoyed it do recommend it uh you know i guess you know i think more more action fans the people who like 24 and like those kind of shows they'll enjoy this more than i did this is one of those shows that for the marvel cinematic universe i'm happy i watched it for the message it delivers i'm happy i watched it but i don't find myself going to be coming back to it anytime soon unlike wandavision which you know just for the wandavision the the sheer entertainment so i think I hope that they don't do more WandaVision. I hope that that just stands alone. I could, I think that this set up a, a good possibility of a second season, the, all the things that they did. It, uh, but I, I bet it's going to be just in the movies. But I, if it did come out with a second season, I think I'd watch it. If it picked up right where yeah. it left off, I, I would watch it. I might too, but like it feels more like the the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Agent Carter show where I'm not interested enough to keep coming back. Sure. So it's like sure. maybe another season I would, but three, I'm, that's pushing it. I might not be coming back for three seasons. Right. I think I think as a show, this did a great job at setting them up to carry their own movie. So I think be going for a next movie would be would be the smart Cap choice in, in my regard. Maybe other maybe other people like it more as a te- television show, but I would rather see Anthony Mackie take this role as a as the star in his own movie. Yeah, I would love that definitely. Um, but you know they he they do a very good job of sharing the spotlight between the two of them, and I think that we did focus more on Sam's character in this review, but there's some great Bucky stuff. There really is. I think though that's our show. I think that is the episode. I think it yeah. is a good episode. Yeah. It, it might have been a little a little spoilery, but it's kind of hard to talk about these things that's it's built on. Yeah. Um, I don't and know, again, fucking five movies yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and again, there might be that weird, that weird truncated moment where my computer just completely crashed, and we were lucky that some footage was saved. So, <laughs> I hope it's good, people. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, we love you. We do. And I have been the Green Traveler. And I have been the Faceless Leon. Safe travels, and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account.
Thank you so much for listening.